and welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome this fine Saturday morning as we go into this great weekend. I hope everyone is going to have a great weekend. I thank you for tuning in. And also, I thank you for all of those wonderful encouragements, questions, and comments that you send. It is really wonderful to hear from you. And so if you'd like to ask me a question about today's program or maybe even a program from the past that you've something has tickled your fancy and you'd like a little more information, that's great. Please contact me by email. It's Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. That's Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. And just in case you're just tuning in now, you're a little late, you're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Our program is a continuation of a subject that we've been talking about for a bit, but it really does drive to the heart of who we are as believers, how we treat others, what we say uh, to others is really critical because sometimes we become so objective and, and also as almost as if we're wearing blinders and somehow we've become a judge of others. Once we begin to come to a, a loving knowledge of the Lord, we take on more than God has given us to take on. And so in our previous uh, week series, we're talking about the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes and some things that go along with those. And where we left off last week, we were talking about criticizing and criticism, the good of it and the bad of it. And the reality really is, is there's not a lot of good about criticizing. There are ways that where you talk to someone and you're trying to help them understand something, uh, but that's not necessarily criticizing. And people get those two things confused. Like I myself in the position that I'm in, I may have to do an assessment on somebody of something that's taking place. And I may say, you got to be careful of this. You got to be careful of this. You got to be careful of this. That's not criticizing. That's helping someone understand that what they're working at isn't working quite the way it should. And you have to be careful of these kinds of things. Because I will tell you, and, th- and this is hard sometimes to really uh, talk about it um, because we really have to stand away uh, from what we criticize uh, because it begins to make ourselves superior in some way to those that we're, we're doing this criticizing with. And people confuse those things. And um, I've had that experience recently myself. Um, and say, oh, you're critical, you're critical. And, but what I was sharing was not critical at all, was a fact of something that was taking place and not meant to just harm it in any way. Um, and sometimes when, if you're a person who is continually, uh, criticized, uh, they can become good for nothing because the effect of the criticism is to knock out all initiative and power from them. Uh, but when you're assessing somebody and there's a change that's needed, you can see in the difference when somebody's being criticized. There is no path to redemption or path to change. It's just overcriticalist craziness of somebody. You're bad. You're, you know, you've heard it all, I'm sure. And it has a deadly effect, uh, because it divides people's powers and prevents their being, their, their individual, uh, you know, it stops them from doing anything. And I will tell you, criticizing, us criticizing and believing that we should is never the work of the Holy Spirit. And this series that I'm in, again, this is a continuation of the divine disadvantage. This would kind of be like part three uh, of these wonderful things that we're talking. And, and it, it's, we need to look close at it because we can get lost in it. And we judge people. Oh, yeah, we judge people, man. Oh, you this, you that. You'll never be this. I mean, I had somebody telling me that this person was going, going to hell. They made that they made, they were judge, jury, and almost executioner. It was, it was a scary thing. And, and that is not who we are and what we, what we are. 
We can tell people these things will lead you to destruction in the proper way. And love is always in the mix of what we do. Even when Jesus was in the temple, turning over the tables and whipping the people that had turned his father's house into a den of thieves, there was love. There was righteous indignation for all to see on display. But his love for his father drove him to show how how bad that was, uh, what those individuals are doing. So we really got to find that line of when we're criticizing or when we're when we're you know assessment of a situation we're trying to get somebody to understanding so they are clearly two different things and again that is never the work of the holy spirit the holy spirit alone you're gonna like this maybe not the Holy Spirit alone is in the true position of a critic. Oh, because the Holy Spirit is able to show what is wrong, unlike us, without wounding and hurting. I'm going to say that again because it's important. The Holy Spirit alone is in the true position of a critic. And that's the job. That's why you and I aren't called to judge. We're not called to judge. We want to. I see it happen endlessly. Can't say I've never been. I can't say that I'm not guilty of it at some point. I I can't say that. But I can at least always be trying to learn and improve and work out my salvation with fear and trembling. Again, he's in the position. The Holy Spirit is in the true position of a critic. He's able to show what is wrong without wounding and hurting. And so the temper of mind that makes us eagle-eyed in seeing where others are wrong does not do them any good. No matter how righteous you think you are, no matter how clearly you see what they're doing wrong, and you just want to tell them, share the gospel of love, And then the Holy Spirit will be the critic. We want to run in and we want to tell people that somehow you're not welcome into this church if you're doing all these inappropriate things. My gosh, brothers and sisters, if we didn't allow inappropriate people into the church, the pews, the chairs would be empty. Think about it. How do you reach out to those in the world that are hurting so desperately? You share God's love, and then the Holy Spirit begins to work with them and lead them to a knowledge of what is wrong. doesn't mean you can't say what is wrong in a right way, but you don't become a critic that hurts and wounds. Where others are wrong, it doesn't do them any good because the effect of our criticism as human beings is to paralyze their powers. And my friends, you have to be so careful that when you point that finger, you are not in some way trying to show that other individual that you are superior or elevated above them in any way. It just shouldn't be. The only proof that criticism was not of the Holy Spirit. That's that's all it proves. And you and I, again, as I have just said, put ourselves into the position of a superior person. And this is hard stuff for people to get sometimes because, you know, we say, we're going out there. We're going to tell everybody the truth. Share the gospel, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. Share the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood and suffered unbearable beatings and floggings so that you and I could be in a deep, deep personal relationship with him so that we can be reunited with our heavenly father. Our job is not to be the judge and jury. 
Jesus says a disciple can never stand away from another life and criticize it. So what's he doing? What's happening? What is he saying? So in essence, he advocates an uncritical temper or temperament. And he uses these words, judge not. So you see what happens? We try to take our assessment, as I say that I have to do as part of my job all the time. When I do an evaluation, I'm doing an assessment and I am required in my position as a CEO and a leader to do evaluations of people. But they are by no means to be demeaning or critical or wounding. They are to be informational in a way of improvement. And we can say all those wonderful things that God has shared with us, that Jesus has shared with us in a way that we can improve. But the way that we improve, brothers and sisters, is by directing every individual who we share the gospel with to enter into that intimate relationship with the creator of the entire universe that loves and forgives and has compassion and grace endlessly, endlessly, and meets us where we are. We somehow believe that when we stand at the gates of our assembly, of our congregation, and, and over, overseeing the people that come through, that uh, we're somehow going to pick out those that don't belong. And I'm not saying that's everywhere, believe me, but I've experienced it, and I've witnessed it, and I've watched it, and it's heartbreaking. I love it when we have welcoming committees who just open their arms and willing to give a hug. Take that handshake. When you're part of the welcoming committee in your assembly, because you're the church, the building's not the church. But when the church is gathered in a building and you have a welcoming committee, reach out your hand and open your arms to everyone, regardless of how they appear, regardless of their aroma. And I don't have to tell you all the other things. If I have to tell you all those things, we're in deeper trouble than I could have even imagined. But embrace everyone because your heavenly father embraces everyone where they are. They're to come through our doors in their sin. They're to come through our doors broken. So that just maybe our words, along with our deeds, if our deeds don't match our words, we are just a clanging symbol that has no meaning. It is a bell swinging back and forth without the ringer inside. Our deeds must match our words. Think about it. Think about it deeply. And beware of anything that puts you in the place of believing or thinking that you are somehow a superior person. Seek to be a servant. Seek humility. That is so crucial. The counsel of Jesus is to abstain from judging. Endlessly, he says that to us. And at first, you might think this sounds very strange, because the characteristic of the Holy Spirit in a believer is to reveal the things that are wrong. Notice what I said. The counsel of Jesus was this. And it sounds strange because the characteristic of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit in a believer, in a believer or in somebody coming to believe, is to reveal what is wrong in others. But the Holy Spirit's discernment is never for the purposes of criticism. It is the purpose for intercession. And you and I, although we can have prayers or intercession, and we can have asking God to intercede on someone's behalf, we are not the intercessor. But my friends, the Holy Spirit is. And when the Holy Spirit reveals something of nature, 
of critical, a critical piece. It's his purpose to make us feel in quite a different way than we should. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after these few short messages. Stay tuned. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I'm a doctor, but I can't think clearly anymore, so I can't do my job. Long COVID causes debilitating cognitive issues. I'm a runner. But now I can't walk 100 feet without getting exhausted. Long COVID causes crippling fatigue that may last a lifetime. I've lost friendships because of long COVID. I just don't feel well enough to see people. People may look outwardly healthy, but they're suffering from a physical disorder that can upend lives. Everything hurts. I can't even go out and play. Up to 30% of COVID patients develop long COVID. And right now, there's no cure and little understanding. I can't focus. I can't think straight. I can't keep a job. So for those suffering daily, there's just one urgent question. How long? How long? How long? How long? Until we solve long COVID. The Solve Long COVID initiative is bringing together patients, researchers, doctors, and drug developers to find answers now. To learn more and see how you can help, go to SolveLongCovid.org. RPG came through the belly of the aircraft. We don't talk about the female combat wounded. These are our daughters and our sisters and our mothers. Wounded Warrior Project came into my life and taught me how to stand back up and get back in the fight. The truth is I think we all have this strength inside of us, but until you're tested, you just don't know it's there. See how Wounded Warrior Project empowers women veterans like Beth by visiting woundedwarriorproject.org slash empowerwomenvets. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is killing people. It's a powerful opioid, often made illegally and commonly mixed with illicit drugs. It can even be pressed into counterfeit pills that resemble prescription medications. Just two milligrams, about the size of a few grains of sand, could potentially be lethal. This isn't an ad to scare you, but it is an ad to make you think twice. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I'm so excited to have you here this morning listening. Um, I learn a lot at the same time, and I, I am passionate about what I want to share, and sometimes often I, it does get me in a little bit of trouble, but, uh, you know, I, we're called to be bold um, when things disagree with what other people do. I mean, we can disagree. We don't have to be mean. We don't have to uh, shy away, but, but we share in a way uh, that does show the power of God. And um, to share the truth of the matter of things is very, very important. Uh, but it's not always as everybody it has been portrayed to be all the time. And I think that when we take a honest and Holy Spirit-filled and guided look at the scriptures and the meaning of things that we've read a thousand times and just believe these are just, oh, these are beautiful quotes, these are beautiful poems, this is just such a smart, this was a good man. Oh, Lord. He was God incarnate to walk among men, to give us an example of how we should be and what we can become. And ultimately, in the end, because of our own foolishness and bad choices, gave his life so that we could be ransomed. And it is just an incredible, wonderful gospel, which means good news, to share with humanity, to share with the world. And so often we get lost in these (laughs) finite pieces as though we walk with blinders like horses used to do so they're not distracted. But the blinders we seem to put on don't seem to allow any other things in our path. And um, when it comes to our Savior, um, we need to be overwhelmingly willing to surrender, to surrender to God's will. Because as we place our will and our wants in the way, we become distracted. And so here we're talking about the Holy Spirit is the one and the only one that can be critical, not us. 
But we can bring people and share with people to this point of where we are, what the Holy Spirit has done for us. And I can't think of anybody who would, one, have been criticized so deeply that you're broken to believe that's okay, except by the Holy Spirit, except by God, except by Christ in coming to him. And so, again, uh, when we look, the Holy Spirit does reveal what's wrong in others. That's what he does. And that's how he brings us back into this understanding and saving knowledge. Uh, but his, again, his, his discernment is never for the purposes of criticism. It's for intercession. We've talked about that. And when the Holy Spirit reveals something of the nature of sin and unbelief in a person, his purpose is not to make us feel this smug satisfaction uh, of a critical spectator well thank god i'm not like that wow i don't know how many times you've heard it but i'm sad to say that i have heard it the purpose is to make us to hold to take hold of god for that person so much so that God enables him or her to turn away from the thing is wrong. Who's doing this work? God. Who's doing this change? The Holy Spirit. Who are we wanting them to go to? Christ. A careful, careful thing. And we do pray for these things sometimes in certain positions that we are when we're trying to help others. In the position that I'm in as a CEO of a rescue mission, of a shelter who takes care of indigent and homeless individuals and families, men, women, and children, it is a huge responsibility. And it is a cautious walk when I seek God for discernment in others' lives in making that assessment as to what they may need. Now, I may not be doing an assessment for their soul or their sin. I may be doing an assessment from what I'm able to observe on the physical exterior that appears to be what they need, which may be they may have malnutrition or some medical issues that I may be able to, to help them with. Proper meals so that their body can heal, their brain can function from eating healthy and be able to think correctly so that they can hold a job. But nowhere along the line do I believe that I can seek myself and insert myself into their soul to see the sin that needs to be removed. That is just not my job. But it is my call to help them in every other way possible, and to share the good news of the kingdom of God. So I want to caution you about asking God for discernment. Because in, in, <laughs> I, don't have a, I don't have a choice in my position. Because my position is something other than different than maybe what an everyday person may have uh, as a responsibility and a calling to. But the reason I say be cautioned in your asking God for discernment is because your discernment increases your responsibility terrifically. Mm. You cannot get out of it by talking. But only by holding up those people in intercession until God puts them up in the right place. I'll give you this quote and from John, first John, the letters of John in the gospel. Right past the gospel, we get to the letters. And then first John 5.16 if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. 
Our Lord allows no room for criticism in the spiritual life. So be cautious. But he does allow room for discernment and discrimination. Now remember, a few seconds ago I told you to be cautious about asking God for discernment because you were ta- you were saying you want to take on this great load of responsibility on behalf of another individual. And that I've had to do a lot. But I don't take it lightly. I don't seek it because I want to know things that are unknown. I seek it so that I may be part of the healing process for an individual who stepped across the threshold to the place that God has called me to be. And when people step across that threshold, they've made a conscious decision to come into this building of which I work and of which I am called to seek help. First and foremost, what do we do here at the Atlantic City Rescue Mission? Our purpose is to provide the gospel to those that are broken and hurting. Secondary to that is what Jesus has asked us so many times. Where were you when I was hungry? Where were you when I was thirsty? I pray that somewhere in my life when I'm called home, when I'm called home and I stand in front of the Lord, he says, Dan, what were you doing right before I called you home? I'd really like to say, and I've shared this with you before, I'd really like not to say something like, I was watching the latest superhero movie, Lord. Or I was on the beach with this nice tropical drink with a tiny umbrella and the palm trees were waving. As good as all that sounds, I would love to be able to say, the Lord, I was doing what you called me to do. And that doesn't mean we can't take vacations. I'm not saying it in that way. But when your heart is driven into service of the Lord, you can't stop what you're doing because you love it. It is actually painful to stop and go away to try to give yourself some enjoyment if you're serving God. And you have submitted completely. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm not saying don't take a vacation. And I hope that you can clearly understand what I'm sharing with you when you are called to a work. And the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Ponder that while we take a short break. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Only one talk station in South Jersey has an app that's focused exclusively on what's happening in Atlantic and Cape May counties. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Don't fish through some generic app along with thousands of other stations. The WPG Talk Radio app brings you the latest South Jersey news and weather information, breaking news, push notifications, and more. Download the WPG Talk Radio app today through WPGTalkRadio.com. Fox News, I'm Paul Stevens. Russian President Vladimir Putin addressing his nation after armed mercenaries announced a rebellion. For our sovereignty and independence, for the right to be and remain Russia, a state with a thousand-year history, this is a battle when the fate of our people is being decided, and it requires the unity of all forces. Those missionaries taking control of a Russian military site near the Ukraine border. President Biden reaffirming his support for abortion access. You've seen the devastating effects all across the country. Women turned away from emergency rooms. Denied life-saving care. Moms, college students, teachers, nurses traveling hundreds of miles to get basic reproductive health care. Mr. Biden on Friday marking one year since a controversial Supreme Court decision sent abortion access laws back to individual states. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Low clouds today and fog, perhaps some sunshine. It'll be humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. There could be some ponding on the roadways. The high today 85. 
couple of showers and a thunderstorm tonight with a low 66. And then a mix of clouds and sunshine tomorrow. Still a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and humid, the high 86. I'm Mackie Weathers, Rose Tamburino on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back this fine Saturday afternoon. Well, it's not really Saturday afternoon. It's really Saturday morning. It's pretty darn early, isn't it? But I thank you for getting up at this early hour and tuning into our program week after week. If you have any questions about our program today or maybe a program from the past, please contact me by email at SaturdayMorningDanBrown at Yahoo.com. And again, if you would like a free Bible, I give away free Bibles all the time. It's a little more modern translation if you need one. Um, and if you don't have one, please, please take the time and write to me. I send it to you free of charge. There's no post. There's no hidden kind of agenda here. Send me your name and your address and I'll send you that Bible. And my hope and prayer for you is that you just wear out the pages. And again, our program is not meant to be the end of all in a particular subject. It's meant to whet your appetite. It's meant to, to encourage you to seek deeper the relationship that God is constantly saying through this love letter to mankind from the Old Testament to the New. Everybody looks at the scriptures as though it is, oh my gosh, I can't read it anymore. It is just a book of man's failure. It is not. It is a book written under divine inspiration by men who allowed themselves to be used, humbled themselves, let go of pride and surrender to God in humility, surrendering their will to God's. And so God used them to write this love letter to humanity about his purposes and the fulfillment of all of it. What has been, what will come. And it is so exciting to know what God has planned for us. It is incredible, filled with joy and peace and gentleness. No more war, no more sickness, no more death. No more death. Oh, Lord, thank you. Because the last thing that Jesus conquered on the cross was death. Thank you, Heavenly Father. So here we are in this third program of divine discernment. And uh, it's passionate, it's powerful in my heart because we get lost in this. And my friends, when we have people who come to, to huddle with us in our wonderful assemblies where we praise and worship, when the actual body of Christ, the church who we are, assembles and they hear these critical statements, it drives them away. Now, I'm not saying that when the Holy Spirit begins to move in their heart, they may not shy away because he is going to reveal their sin to them. No question. No question. It absolutely is going to happen if they are surrendering and they are there saying, you know, I've heard this knock and the door is going to be open to me. You know, I've heard it a thousand times and ask and you'll receive. And today, Lord, I sit among these people who I'm singing and hearing and praising these. Their hands are raised. They're smiling from one end to the other. What is it, Lord, that gives them joy? Father, I would like to know that. And my goodness, when the Holy Spirit begins to tear open those cartons of darkness, the curtains, the shades that have hidden the light from them, oh, what a life they begin to see. Does it come with some pain? Yes, as I shared with you in previous segments, we are the salt of the earth. And with that salt, and with these wounds that our walking dead is experienced, those who have been wounded some deeply, the salt is painful. But it's also disinfecting. It's also a preservative. 
it also can give life. Amazing, Lord. Thank you. So thank you for joining me in this third segment of this fine Saturday morning. Please, if you'd like a new Bible, email me your name and address to Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. I'll go back to where we left off in our, our previous segment there, and it is, um, it's a cautious walk. As I was saying to you, it is a cautious walk because when you're asking for discernment on behalf of somebody, it increases your responsibility like you can't imagine. So I really just want to, you to understand that. And again, as, as it says, and the writer says in 1 John 5, 16, if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin, and who is your brother and who is your neighbor? It's everyone, my friends and brothers and sisters. If everyone sees his brother sinning a sin, which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. Our Lord allows for no room in, of criticism in our spiritual life, but he does allow room for discernment and discrimination. And discrimination in the right fashion of what discrimination is meant to be when it's used appropriately and in the right way. But it's so often and endlessly used to harm and hurt. And so I'll tell you this. If we let these searchlights go straight down to the root of our spiritual life, we will see why Jesus says, don't judge. Please don't judge. Because honestly, if we're doing this the right way and we're not judging and we're not trying to hurt and harm as much as we think we're, we're, we're helping in some way, we won't have time to do it because we will be so filled with the Holy Spirit sharing the gospel of love. It is love that, that heals the wound. It is love that heals the wound. And my friends, I have been wounded deeply of, of most recent times in a way that I, I don't, I can't foresee how this wound can heal. But God's promise is, is that he will heal that wound. And every time I touch that scar across my heart from that wound that heals, I will look to the heavens and I will say, thank you, God. Thank you. Our whole life is to be lived so completely in the power of God that he can pour through us. And you've heard me speak of this before. It's so important to understand what he's trying to do. Our whole life is to be lived so completely in the power of God that he can pour through us living waters to others. If you're pouring out living waters, you don't have any time to criticize and judge because those living waters are bringing life. Some of us are so concerned about the outflow of those waters that it dries up. Please, please take time to understand what I'm sharing with you. This is so critical. We are so concerned about the outflow that it dries up. We continually step back and ask, am I of any use? Stop asking this. Jesus tells us how to be of use. Here's what he says in Gospel of John 7:38. He who believes in me, as the scripture has says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living waters. Oh, my Lord, out of our hearts, out of our brokenness that God has mended, these broken vessels who God has came and met us where we 
where we are. How dare we go after God has done what he's done for us, try to tell somebody that they got rid of their sin. They must do it. They must change before we can be together, before we can talk, before we can commune. What? Open your doors. The Statue of Liberty has some really great stuff on the bottom of it. We just haven't read it enough. Where we need to open our doors and open our shores to the broken, the homeless, the fatherless, the widows, the downtrodden. That's what this country was supposed to be. It is what our nation was founded upon, these principles. You can bow your head and look down and try to ignore every place in the Capitol, in the Capitol, every place in Washington, D.C. When we look up as we should to the heavens, there are scriptures chiseled into those granite walls and columns that tell us why we do what we do as this nation. And we become a nation that looks down at the ground instead of looking up. Please look up. Celebrate the principles by what this nation was founded. How did we become a nation when we say equality to every man? How dare we ever disqualified and discriminated against anyone? How dare we do that? But the path that we're on now, it's not the real path. But I'm not a politician. I'm only a believer in the Son of God. I have a king. I don't need a president. I have a king. I don't need a monarch. I have a king. I don't need any other hierarchy. But the king, my king, above all kings upon the kings of the earth who have ever lived, my king sacrificed his life for me. Tell me which politician Tell me which king has ever done so for anyone else. I apologize for my dipping my toe in the politics there. But it is passionate when we go, and I have been asked to go to Washington and be in Washington. But I want to tell you, pray, pray, pray. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown. We'll be right back after these few short messages. Please stay tuned. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, thank you for tuning in this morning. This is um, a surprise to me as much as it may be to some of you and uh, how the Lord is, is uh, moving today. And I can see that it is a important issue that we all need to address um, because probably the biggest uh, complaint I hear in, in other communities when I'm uh, sharing with people is, well, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go here. And it's, it's just a lot of critical people. Now, some of that obviously is is them being self-conscious anyway about thinking of something that they were doing that might be uh, on, you know, not in accordance with what we have or who we are as believers. But who we are as believers, we're every man. We're every woman. We're all the same and all on equal plane. And the moment we begin to criticize in a way that has somehow elevated us to a superior position, we have done wrong. Big time wrong. We have. And we just can't continue to function in that way. We've got to get a hold of ourselves as believers. And we've got to be able to say the truth. Not the truth about someone's sin, 
But the truth about the gospel that Jesus has given us, that God has allowed us to, to take this small measure of and share. Just the, where was Jesus most critical? I've shared this with you before. Where was he most critical? Come on, guys. Let's be real and be honest here. He was critical with the money changers in the temple because of what they were doing in his father's house. And he did not hold his tongue back. He, he let, him, let it go. He was critical with the scribes and Pharisees who he describes as whitewashed tombstones filled with dead men's bones, who gave un, unequal and crazy burdens upon the people but li- didn't lift a finger to help them. And they were the religious leaders of the day. Guys, open your hearts. Listen. Judge not that you be not judged. And if we let that maxim of the Lord's sink into our hearts, we will find that it brings us to a halt. It will stop us in our tracks. Judge not. Or should I ask it this way? Judge not? Why why are we saying judge not? We're always doing that. And sometimes I find that the average believer is the most penetratingly critical individual. I've experienced it myself. I've watched it here in my atmosphere within the the walls that I work of things that I've seen others who were believers saying to, to those that were not, judgment that were made. And I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. I'm going to say it again. The average believer is criticizing. And it's the most penetrating, critical individual. And there's nothing of the likeness of Jesus Christ in many of us. I'm sorry to even say that. I'm not going to apologize because you and I both know it's the truth. So what do we do? What do we do? A critical temper is a contradiction to all our Lord's teachings. And again, Jesus basically says of criticism, apply it to yourself. And that once great poet Michael Jackson in that song, he said, look at the man in the mirror. What was he saying? He had some biblical background. I think it was getting to him that particular day he was writing a song. Look at that man in the mirror. He's got to change his ways. There's truth in some things, and even a broken clock is right twice a day. But there's nothing of the likeness of Jesus in many of us. So how do we change it? We apply this. We apply it endlessly to ourselves and never to anyone else. Or as the Apostle Paul put it, why do you judge your brother? Oof, he laid it out there. Romans, right? Romans chapter 14, verse 10. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He is the judge, not you and I. And whenever you're in a critical temper, it's impossible to enter into communion with God. Criticism makes you hard. It makes us vindictive. It can make us cruel, and it leaves us with the flattering idea, this repetitive thing that I'm bringing back, but leaves you with this flattering idea that somehow we are a superior person. And it's impossible to develop the characteristics of a saint and maintain a critical attitude at the same time. Because the first thing the Holy Spirit does is give to us, you're going to like this, he gives us a spring cleaning, right? And there is no possibility of pride being left in us after that. 
We need to let it go. Surrender. Right? Surrender to God's will. And I never met a person I could despair of after realizing that all that lies in me, apart from the grace of God, I'm no different. You're no different. Stop having a measuring rod for others. In essence, Jesus says about judging, don't. Be uncritical in your temper. Because in the spiritual domain, you can accomplish nothing by criticism. One of the hardest lessons to learn for us as believers is to leave the cases we don't understand to God. Somehow we think we can get in it. Somehow we get that latest gossip. Somehow I have to hear this. And I'm going to give them a what for and a how to. And in every life, my friends, There is always one more fact of which we know nothing. So Jesus says, judge not. We cannot do that once and assume we are done. We cannot assume it and and be done. We always have to remember that this is our Lord's rule of contact. Every day, individuals walk through the door of the Atlantic City Rescue Mission. And every day we share the gospel of Jesus Christ, not being critical about their behavior, not being critical about their appearance, not being critical about how they got to the door. What I do is I thank God that he got them here. And now my job is to show them this is not the worst day of your life. But if you choose and make the right choice, it can be the best day of your life and the first day of your new life. That is who we seek to be. Embrace love without judging. Welcome all. I love you, my brothers and sisters. I pray for you endlessly as I hope you pray for me. God bless you all and thank you for listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.